Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBrew podcast where we break down some of the main news headlines in the financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of foreign exchange. My name is Matthew Ryan, Senior Market Analyst here at eBrew, and I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer Enrique Diaz-Alvarez and Market Analyst Roman Zaruk. So this podcast is all about the foreign exchange market. We're going to take a look at some of the main news stories in FX, discuss them, and give our view on what they might mean for currencies going forward. On today's episode of FX Talk, our last before the Christmas period, we look ahead to next year and outline what to expect in the FX markets in 2021. We also each give our picks which currencies we think may under and overperform next year and why. You'll be able to hear more about our thoughts on what to expect in the markets in 2021 during our 15th of December webinar. For more information, visit our website or any of our social media platforms. Okay, so welcome everyone to our last podcast episode of 2020. Before we go on a little break for reconvening in early 2021, hopefully well rested and restored following what's been a, a very hectic and of course quite challenging year uh, for many people around the world. And what an eventful year has been in the FX market as well. The, of course, the outbreak and aggressive spread of the COVID-19 virus has led to one of the most volatile, unpredictable years of currency trading that we've seen for a little while. Markets were, of course, completely jolted uh, earlier in the year as the virus turned into a full-blown pandemic. So invest- investors flocked to the safe havens, notably the US dollar, and sell high-risk currencies, particularly emerging market ones. Since late March, risk sentiment has improved fairly markedly, firstly following the easing of virus caseloads across much of the developed world earlier in the year. Uh, investors were, of course, similarly calmed by the the injection of stimulus in the markets from some of the world's major central banks and governments, as it were, of course, following the result of the US presidential election in November. Moreover, economies around the world have rebounded from their downturns, most have posted record expansions following their record contractions from earlier in the year. And we have, of course, in the last few weeks, had some very encouraging news of progress towards multiple COVID vaccines. And this optimism has largely overshadowed the second wave of virus infection that we've seen across much of the developed world likely to prevent uh, or present a bit of a drag to activity in the fourth quarter of the year. But the big question now, the big question for both of you is, what can we expect in 2021? So I'll turn it over to you guys. But namely, how do you expect the pandemic situation to evolve next year? And what kind of impact do you think that will have on both the global economy and the FX market? Let me, let me start with my view on the macroeconomy. And just to remark, to cover myself a little bit, that the, this is... The uncertainty is higher than, than I've ever seen it, mostly because this is a once-in-a-century event and we have no historical uh, examples from which to, to, uh, to draw guidance. Um, I think that the key is going to be the, how the economy responds to the reactivation after the vaccines are rolled out. Vaccines are starting to roll out already. In the UK, we had the first vaccinations yesterday. Everywhere else, I think it's a matter of days before they start rolling out. So. To me, the question is what happens is as throughout the first quarter of 2021, the restrictions are lifted one after the next uh, because people are more confident that the vaccination has put the disease under control. And we have a situation of normalization of the economy in a context of the massive support, monetary support and fiscal support that has been put in place by, by all the uh, main economies. Um, 
we have not seen any inflationary impact yet, any significant inflationary impact uh, from the disruption to the uh, to the supply chains caused by by the uh, the pandemic. But I think that the 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 explosion of pent up demand that could happen once things start going back to normal, uh, combined with still somewhat affected supply chains could give a bit of an inflationary surprise in the 2021. That would be, to me, that's, that's where I see a blind spot in, in people's expectations for the next year. Yeah, I actually also think that we are going to have a rebound, as probably everyone right now in the uh, every other analysts. Uh, but generally, I would also uh, we didn't expect the second wave to be as severe as it is right now. We didn't expect uh, lockdowns to be reintroduced, at least not to uh, such extent. And I'm wondering if the beginning of 2021 will not be marked by potential third wave or uh, or uh, that would also influence the maintenance or reintroduction of the lockdowns uh, this is not our base scenario but this is something that uh, that is i think one of the biggest risks at least in the first half of the year because in the second half of the year when we will have the covid vaccines rolled out they would probably be start they already started being rolling rolled out in some countries but they will be rolled out en masse probably in the second quarter and also in the third quarter so we probably will be able to avoid uh, uh, the uh, another wave of COVID-19 uh, later in the year, but I'm wondering what will happen in the first part of the year. And also the scale of the economic rebound would also be quite important. I think that the currencies that are uh, set to outperform are those that currently have the harshest lockdowns. And uh, given that those countries would uh, benefit from the vaccine, the, the currencies would also should benefit relatively the most if the vaccine is rolled out because the economic impact of that would be the, the most positive. And uh, so uh, I would basically think that uh, probably one of the countries that are best poised for a rebound in uh, 2021 uh, and the currencies of those countries uh, lie in Europe. So uh, this would be my focus. And I think that those cur currencies can uh, probably outperform the most going forward. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's obviously been a, a, quite a somber end to the year, actually. But most people in Europe and the US, we've had the reimposition of these lockdown measures across Europe and, and US's time restrictions, of course. Uh, but actually, I think the market is ending the year in relatively high spirits. Um, last few weeks have been characterized by greater appetite for risk, obviously following the US election, the beginning of November. And then obviously, the last few weeks, the news of progress towards multiple vaccines, the fact that it's already been rolled out in the UK and as you said, Enrique, the US, Europe probably not too far behind. It may be a matter of days there before those get approved. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we are seeing high risk currencies rally, the euro in particular. Safe havens have been firm on the back foot. Well, I think that these rallies may have gone a little bit too far in the short term. We could have a little bit of short term retracement. I'm still pretty optimistic towards risk assets next year. I think economies should begin rebounding, I would, I would think, gradually in Q1. I think it will be a very gradual process as a, the Restrictions are unwound, um, certainly won't be overnight. Um, I think it's worth noting that peak, peak flu season also tends to end around sort of January, February time. So I think we may have a, a bit of a natural suppression in cases. And then the vaccinations, of course, also should, uh, should play a part. And the first couple of months of next year, I think we could see an easing in restrictions as vaccinations start being rolled out en masse to those 
that, that most need it. Um, so I think hopefully by mid mid 2021, I think we, we could have activity closer to, to more normal levels in the developed nations. Might take slightly longer among emerging markets, of course, given that they'll likely receive lower quantities of vaccination at a later date. But I, I think this general return to more normal levels of activity in US, Europe, for instance, should be a pretty bullish environment um, for risk assets. I would expect high risk major currencies like the Aussie dollar, New Zealand dollar, for instance, to outperform. Um, and emerging markets, I think, will generally outperform next year as well. Although, uh, as we'll talk about uh, in a little while, I think those, those currency performances will be very idiosyncratic. I think those, as you mentioned, Roman, those countries that are able to roll out the vaccines quicker and greater extent may well outperform um, many of those their peers um, in 2021. So do we have any final thoughts on uh, uh, next year? Do we expect um, any major central bank policy changes or do we have any expectations of Biden's pres presidency next year, for instance? Uh, no, in terms of central banks, I think that uh, part of the landscape is that they're going to, uh, they're going to be, remain very supportive um, there's, there's going to be there's going to be massive political pressure against them uh, removing any sort of accommodation, even if uh, we do get this uh, initial explosion of pent up demand and potential bottlenecks in the in the supply chain. Um, they're going to be very slow to react to inflation. They, especially the Federal Reserve and the, the European Central Bank as well, they took a lot of flack for what is seen as excessive tightness and excessive willingness to respond to uh, signs of uh, tightening labor markets in, in the past decade. Uh, this a consensus has developed that, um, that policy should have been looser all along than it, than it was in the last decade. And I think that politically it's going to be extremely difficult for the central banks to do any tightening at any point in the year 2021. Uh, so that's, that's a key element of my, of my macro vision that, um, the uh, risk assets are going to continue to rally because we're going to start getting better economic news uh, resulting from the end of the pandemic. And this, uh, there's going to be no reaction towards tightening of the central banks or the major central banks anywhere. Yeah, and this is also a supportive environment for the emerging market currencies because if we have some currencies of countries that are uh, heavily linked to other economies and especially indebted in, in dollars, then they would benefit from the US interest rates staying uh, at such low levels that they are currently. And this is not a normal situation. So the more we stay in this environment, I think it, it, it should support those currencies more. And But I wouldn't rule out tightening in monetary policy in some parts of the world. And I'm especially here looking at the Central and Eastern Europe because... Uh, Currently, when we have a significant economic downturn, uh, we are seeing inflation levels of around 3 to 4%, with core inflation at around 4% in countries such as Poland or Hungary. And uh, obviously, next year, we are going to uh, have some base effect. So the inflation should be lower because of uh, just because we are comparing it to the previous year where it was higher. However, we are also going to have the economic rebound, which is going to be significant. So this could push inflation up. And in some countries where this economic rebound would be strong, such as, let's say, Czech Republic or potentially Poland, uh, those uh, countries could uh, actually think of tightening monetary policy. And in the uh, latest 
projections from the Czech National Bank, we actually saw that they expect three interest rate hikes. This is not the view of the central bank board, or at least not the core view of, of them. But if the economists of the central bank are entertaining such a scenario, then I don't think it would be completely ruled out by the decision makers uh, going forward, especially if we are actually going to see the pandemic uh, threat dissipate and the economies uh, starting rebounding again. So I would say that we might see some tightening or some, at least some talk of tightening in uh, 2021, uh, potentially uh, later in the year, but not in the main economies. Yeah, no, I think I think you might right. I think it might be a slight possibility there, but yes, yeah, certainly after a very busy year for central banks in 2020, I would expect 2021 to be a lot quieter. Um, certainly, very little room for for a lot of them to cut rates any further from current levels, and and most have pretty much ruled out any rate hikes for, for some time yet. So I think it could be a while before we see uh, any changes in interest rates from a lot of the major central banks around the world. Okay, so I think we're going to end the podcast now by uh, moving on and each picking out individual currencies or even a group of currencies, if you wish, uh, that we think may either outperform or underperform in 2021. Um, now, these don't necessarily have to be the currencies we think will be the best and worst performers next year, but um, it could be those that we think have a, have a good or a better chance of um, outperforming their peers or underperforming their peers or relative to the, what the market expects next year. Now, of course, that could be based on the strength of the currency's country's policy response, economic resilience, uh, ability to rein in levels of infection, for instance, or any other multitude of factors that plays a part in determining currency performance. Um, so, so, Roman, how about you kick us off uh, and first talk about which currency or currencies you think might uh, underperform in 2021 and why, and then myself and Enrique can follow up with our picks, and then we'll move on uh, and talk about which currencies we think might outperform. Yeah, all right. So because I'm focused on uh, Eastern Europe, I'll also uh, list the currencies from there. And my uh, top negative pick, so the currency that I think will uh, will depreciate in uh, 2021 is the Romanian Leo. The currency is generally structurally prone to depreciation because of its high current account and budget deficits. In 2019, it, both of them were more than 4% and those are unlikely to go away anytime soon because in 2021, sorry, in 2020, we saw a current account being negative throughout the entire year, at least the period that we currently have the data for, which ends in September. Uh, but it's it's most likely will, be, will stay negative. Uh, the budget deficit will obviously increase as everywhere else uh, in uh, giving the uh, lower revenues and also some support uh, that the government introduced. But the extent of the support hasn't been really that impressive as in some other countries uh, of the region, such as Poland or Czech Republic. Uh, so basically, I don't think that the, the country's economy uh, received uh, a, a stimulus to the extent of the other countries, uh, which might make it downperform uh, down those economies. Uh, also, uh, looking at other things uh, that make Romania uh, different from other regional countries and uh, EU countries is the fact that the political environment is very unstable in the country. Uh, we have uh, liberals in power currently in Romania, uh, which uh, actually want to reform the country and to uh, decrease the budget deficit. 
but uh, they don't really have the full power and the political wrangling is going on for the past few years and some of the ideas uh, they have they have they had to abandon so going forward i don't uh, i think that they might have a hard time uh, of uh, really reforming the public finances uh, this could be the case so this will not uh, help the Romanian law as well. Uh, also, looking at the rating agencies, Romania is currently has the rating which hovers just above the non-investment grade level, and all three um, rating agencies, the big three, uh, have the outlook for the rating uh, negative currently. So uh, Romanian law is also not getting any help from the rating agencies not viewing uh, the countries that favorably. Uh, and although given the above, so I think that those are enough reasons uh, to be pessimistic uh, regards the Romanian laws uh, prospects, but I think that uh, because the currency is not very liquid, it's also very closely managed by the central bank, uh, this, uh, the, the, the extent of the depreciation should probably be very limited. So I would expect something around 2% uh, uh, lower uh, against the euro next year. And when it comes to the currencies that I think should outperform, uh, I think those should be the Polish Zloty and Czech Kruna. Uh, they have very good uh, economic fundamentals. Uh, they are not really, uh, they, they have uh, either balanced current accounts or they have uh, current account surpluses. So there is no issue here. Uh, also, uh, both countries introduce very significant fiscal and monetary help. Uh, actually, the packages that were introduced uh, of around 15 to 20 per percent of the GDP in those countries are one of the uh, largest uh, in the world. So uh, this should definitely help the economy rebound. Also, those uh, this support and uh, other measures introduced were focused on the labor market in large part, which basically uh, shielded a large number of jobs and should also support consumption going forward. So uh, I think that those are important reasons. And also, uh, generally, uh, I think that contrary to some other emerging market countries, Poland and Czechia will not have an issue in regards to receiving and distributing the vaccine because they are a member of the European Union. So uh, this has been already uh, already uh, negotiated and the distribution should uh, prove rather smooth. So uh, uh, also uh, uh, because of uh, because the economic uh, because of the lockdown restrictions have been rather severe, uh, the prospects for the economy uh, getting a positive impulse from the vaccine and the currency getting a positive impulse from the vaccine is also greatest than in some other emerging market countries. So I think that they have every reason to appreciate in 2021 and 2022, and I would see them as one of the best performing EM currencies. Okay, so how about, how about you, Enrique? What are your picks? My, my view is, um, I mean, within a general view of, uh, of a positive, very positive environment for emerging market currencies, I think that the yuan, which I would no longer, I would argue is no longer considered an emerging market currency, is poised to do well, especially versus the euro. And the reason for that is that uh, is its presence. I, I think that there's room for the uh, number of currency reserves and generally assets being held worldwide in yuan to increase. It is very low. Only 2% of, of uh, worldwide FX reserves are denominated in yuan. I think that asset managers worldwide are massively underinvested in Chinese assets and in particular in, in yuan. And there's room for, for that, that. I think that 2021 may well be finally the year of internationalization of the yuan. 
So I think that uh, the yuan has a very, very positive medium and long-term prospects. And on the negative side, underperforming all the emerging market currencies, I, my, I think that the Turkish lira is one of the most exposed. Um, the uh, recent change in monetary policy is less than met the eye. Um, at least we're not seeing borderline insane <laughs> ravings coming out of uh, uh, the Turk- Turkish policymakers with uh, the new more orthodox central banker. That's good, but that's not going to be enough. I mean, the exposure of um, the Turkish corporate and banking sector to to uh, hard currency, the need to uh, the continuous need to roll over the hard currency that they have borrowed, is going to be uh, a serious, serious headwind for the Turkish lira over 2021. Excellent. Yeah. So, as far as Mike said, I've taken a slightly different approach. I've gone for two major currencies as opposed to major markets. In terms of our underperformer, again, I don't think this will be necessarily the worst foreign currency in the world, but out of the major currencies, I think it may well be, and, and that's the, the Japanese yen. And now, while the, the US dollar was, as I mentioned, the safe haven currency of choice uh, during the market panic that we saw in March, the yen really is the sort of chief safe haven currency in the world. Um, it tends to rally during periods of risk-off, of course, and then it sells off during risk-on trading. So give, give an view for... Continued improvements in risk appetite in 2021. I think it would stand to reason that the Japanese yen may sell off relatively sharply next year. Um, not only that, but I think the yen probably received very little support from um, vaccine progress relative to a lot of its peers. Cases in Japan of the virus are very low. We've seen a little bit of a move uh, increase in cases in the last few weeks, but per capita, cases have been very low. Restrictions have been much looser than elsewhere. So this economy should receive only a, only a small boost, I would say, think, um, from mass vaccinations next year, which may well work against the yen. In terms of outperformer, now maybe a little bit of a home nation bias here in this call, but I think the sterling, I think, is relatively well placed actually to perform well uh, next year. The main talking point, of course, in the markets has been Brexit in the last few weeks. I would expect a deal to be struck at some point before the end of the year that avoids no deal, which may provide a little bit of of uh, support for the pound early next year. And something that we talked about, I think, a couple of weeks ago on our last podcast, I think sterling may well be one of the currencies that receives the biggest boost from uh, the vaccine, given the fact that the UK is the first nation to begin mass vaccinations and has ordered more doses of vaccines than almost any other country in the world, may well allow restrictions to be eased slightly quicker in the UK um, than some of its peers, which again may help the pound. And um, the fact that the downside risk here is, is Brexit, I think that most of that is largely priced into the value of sterling. So I, I would expect sterling to perform relatively well, particularly against the US dollar uh, in 2021. And that just about does it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the currency markets, visit Ebury's website or follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favourite podcast app. And let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear more on during upcoming podcasts. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a week's time. Thank you all very much for listening.